You're listening to Tropos Day from Owlboy, released November 1st, 2016, composed by Jonathan Gear. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is the host of the Movie Bar, every month with the dyad. It is Petroth. What is up, man? Man, that reminds me, I need to edit this month's episode. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the first episode that we are recording in advance, which is kind of exciting, so it's still technically October for us. The spooky season is still technically going on, but this episode won't actually post until next week. Well, no episode ever posts until next week anymore, but this one is actually scheduled (laughs) to post next week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of fun. Yeah, well, actually, hopefully this this change will help me out tremendously in, in getting the shows up when they should go up. But we got a fun one today, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zenku. We survived the spooky season, but I'm sad it's over. Yeah, yeah, all good things come to an end. You know, if it were if it were October all year long, then it wouldn't be as special when we come around to it every year. That's true. That's what they say about Christmas too, right? Like when kids are always, I want Christmas every day. <laughs> but if you, if you had it every yeah. day, then it wouldn't be special anymore. I was going to say, of course, Christmas is spread, 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 spread out from pretty much the end of October, like from... November 1st until December 31st. But frankly, October or Halloween kind of has gotten more spread out as the years have gone on as well. 
I guess in some places it's like Christmas starts at the end of August and then there's one pocket of Halloween and a little bit of Thanksgiving and then the rest is Christmas. But Halloween has kind of taken over September at this point, I think, in some places. <laughs> when does Thanksgiving get its turn? When does it take over like, hmm. So what could it get? I feel like Thanksgiving takes over. It's sandwiched starting the week of Thanksgiving. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's sandwiched in between Halloween and Christmas. So we should give Thanksgiving credit it deserves. June. We should give it like June as well. Like June and and November is Thanksgiving. Yeah, two Thanksgivings. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, we'll just have two. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'd be down with that. But it is Thanksgiving month. Thanksgiving in uh, Thanksgiving in summer. We could do like a cookout. Come on. Yeah, like a different kind of. Thanksgiving, right? Doesn't have yeah. to be turkeys. That'd be great. Could be like that uh, would be great. Well, hot Brisket. dogs and, and burgers <laughs> are like you know just everyday cookout food. So it'd have to be a little bit more special than that. But but you're right. It is uh, it is Thanksgiving month, um, and we've got some kind of special going on today. I really really like the idea that you had for this episode. Yeah. So we are just focusing on our personal steam collections. This is something that I kicked around doing back for like episode 200 and then didn't. And then we thought about doing it for episode 250. And then we had something better with Alberto Jose Gonzalez. So I was like, well, this will just be a normal episode at some point whenever we have a week that nothing is really planned. And that just so happened to be now. So we're going to focus on our personal lists, which is fun because... The seven that I brought, I own all seven of these games on Steam, and I've played all seven of these games on Steam. I actually tried to focus on games that I put a lot of time into on Steam for my picks. At first, I was trying to focus on games I had in my collection that were more obscure, but then I had to replace one of them because I finally got around to playing it and I got to a song uh, that I really, really enjoy. I also own all seven of my games. A couple of them I got for free. I uh, have not played all of them yet. I played about half of them, I would say. Okay. That's, I played that's four fair. of the of the seven. That's fair. That's more than half. No, five. I actually have played five. Oh, well, there you not go. Not a whole lot, though. <laughs> you are more ahead than you thought you were. I, I am. I am. I will say, though, the game I am playing the most right now in my collection is not even on this list, although it does have a fantastic soundtrack, so I got to give a shout out real quick up front here to Vampire Survivors. As we uh, close out October, I have to give mm-hmm. that <laughs> shout out. Everyone, man, go check this out. This is going to post after November 1st, so the sale is over, but the game is still only about $5, and it is well worth it. Uh, it is a survival shooter game where your character um, automatically attacks, and you just move them around the screen, avoiding hordes of enemies, or killing hordes of enemies, if you can position them right. And... It's uh, it's a roguelike in the sense that as you beat more enemies and get more items, you unlock more and more things that you can use in future runs. And that's not the kind of game I usually am into, but a lot of people who I share gaming tastes with talked about how much they enjoyed this game. And so I jumped into it and I put in four hours in two days, which is more than I've played any game in <laughs> months. <laughs> Saying so, something. Yeah, it's good stuff. But that's it for that game, since it's not on our list tonight. Another game that I have been playing quite a bit recently is one that was on my wish list for a long, long time. Finally picked it up earlier this year, and that is Owlboy, the um, sort of explorer platformer game starring a little um, 
mute boy uh, in this village, and he's one of the owls, meaning that he has this uh, this owl suit that he uses to fly around and kind of patrol. Um, his name is, I want to say Orin. Um, Otis. And the music, Otis, it's Otis, thank you. I knew it started with an O. Otis. Um, the music and visuals in this game are beautiful. I love it so much. Have you played uh, that in my opening track, uh, Tropos Day, is from Owlboy. And when I got to this point in the game, I just knew that I had to uh, have that song in this playlist. So I also own Owlboy. Um, I have not finished it, but I've played a significant amount of it. And I think it's a fantastic game. Yeah, it's really fun. I wasn't disappointed after I finally got to play it. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously with, with this track, you can definitely hear some of that inspiration that it kind of draws from. Mm -hmm. um, there is, you know, elements of Studio Ghibli in there because I think that was, you know, largely just looking at the art style, a, a big inspiration oh, yeah. for what they went for. But I it also so, has some sure. elements of, of Koji Kondo's work on The Legend of Zelda as well, which I really mm -hmm. enjoy hearing. Yeah, and again, the um, the play style is more akin to something like Metroid, but the the art style does have vibes of that, like Japanese fantasy, you know, like Studio Ghibli and Legend of Zelda, and it's it's a really cool cool game. It controls very nicely. Uh, the characters are pretty charming. Um, some of them are a little annoying, but. I, I imagine that gets better as the game goes on. Um, but yeah, the visuals and music are just fantastic. They remind me a lot of uh, games that they play kind of old school, but they don't really... They're, they're still definitely modern games. Things like Ori and the Blind Forest and Hollow Knight um, are Oh, there is some Gareth Coker in this, isn't there? Yeah. Like, it, it yeah, actually, in kind of the yeah, same... Very similar vibe. In the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. Musically and visually, I think it's got that really smooth, hand-drawn look to it. So, yeah, that's a good that was and my a great first. Opener. Great opener too. I thought, I thought so too. Yeah, um, this is the song that plays in the second area when you finally get out of your village after the introduction, and you you fly up through this like this uh, sort of narrow canyon, and then the sky opens up in Tropos. Uh, which is kind of a, a central area where it, it leads to several other areas in the game. And this is the song that plays when you emerge into Tropos, and it's just perfect. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, great track, man. Good choice. Good choice. I'm excited for this episode, like you said. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, and I know that I have some really excellent tracks that I didn't really have a chance to bring to some other episodes. So I'm really looking forward to, to kind of jumping into this. And I think for my first block coming up, you're going to really enjoy this one. I'm excited for yeah, you. I don't I'm know if you know of, these three tracks. Are you? I, I, I'm aware of these games. I, of course. I may They're have very heard the tracks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I may have heard the tracks before, but I can't call any of them to mind based on their names. I just know I'm looking forward to it because these are some good soundtracks. <laughs> I've definitely front-loaded this first block, so I'm very excited to talk about these once we come back. But before we do talk about them, let's listen to them. So let's kick things off with Contes de Confession from Blasphemous. This released on September 10th, 2019, and it was composed by Carlos Viola. Thank you. 
up next, let's take a listen to Gollum King from Moonlighter. This released on May 29th, 2018, and it was composed by David Fenn. Last up in this block, let's take a listen to Dreams of Love and Literature from Doki Doki Literature Club. Released September 22nd, 2017, composed by Dan Salvato.
Coming back in, we are talking about Contes de Confession from Blasphemous, again, composed by Carlos Viola. I have played one other track from this game before on a previous episode of BG Manuals, probably tucked away in a radio hour somewhere, because we didn't really do anything that I don't think would have fit, at least after this game released, in terms of a theme. Maybe we did, but I'm pretty sure it was probably tucked in away in a radio hour. I put so much time into this game when it released back in 2019, man. This is something that I just fell in love with. So I'm a big fan of that Metroidvania Dark Souls style, right? Like, because this is basically Metroidvania with some elements of Dark Souls in terms of how hard the combat actually is and how punishing some of these boss mechanics actually are. It's a very hard game to get through. But what hooked me most outside of the gameplay was the portrayal and imagery of religion in this game. It's a very, very disturbing, dark, twisted imagery where (laughs) it's it's pretty messed up, man. Like, you've seen some of this, right? I I have, yeah. I I feel like... Since you like to keep this show pretty close to a to a family show, we can't even really describe a lot of what you see in this game. Um, it's just if you're if you're interested, just check out a trailer for it. It's it's a. Uh, I compared it while we were listening to um, scenes from Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, it's which is a beautiful movie. I will never watch and it this again. This is a beautiful game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean th- that the disturbing nature of the visuals combined with the punishing difficulty of the game that you alluded to is why I've never gotten into this one, but I do really enjoy the soundtrack and friend of the show Prof Jeff uh enjoyed his playthrough of this game as well. Oh dude, talking just specifically about this soundtrack, it is so the studio, the developers of the game, uh, they're, they're called the Game Kitchen. Um, they are based, if I'm not mistaken, they are based somewhere in Spain, potentially? I don't know, because a lot of okay. the actual... I'm actually checking now to see if that is true. I don't know if it is, in all honesty. I know the composer is from the area, and, you know, Carlos Viola. And all of the tracks on... Yes, they are a Spanish studio. Okay, so they are a Spanish studio, The Game Kitchen. Carlos Viola, obviously a Spanish composer. And the soundtrack has a very, very Spanish flair to it. Heavy usage of the Spanish guitar, which dominates this track and was the big reason I fell in love with it when I first heard it and still love it to this day. Yeah, I mean, I love piano and I love that slow Spanish guitar the uh, the production on the guitar as well with the panning and the reverb and everything was just just so nice what what is going on while this song plays in the game do you remember do not know i do not remember okay <laughs> it's an early track on the soundtrack so i'm assuming it's an early track in the game so that means it's likely the second area you go to i'm just trying to think back to my playthrough are there like cutscenes in the game at there all? There are, there are, but not like full-fledged cutscenes, if that makes sense. More like transitionary cutscenes, right? Mm, um, gotcha. Outside of like the opening and the closing. But this sounds like it would 
be kind of a cutscene type song. Well, there are statues that you visit that are basically like confessionary statues where you go to ah, um, like save work your on game. your traits, save or, your game, oh, fast travel, gotcha. that kind of stuff, upgrade. Gotcha. All that stuff can be done at these statues. And these statues exist in very like specific religious looking areas. And everything in this game looks religious, first of all. But um, I want to say this is the music that's playing in those areas, if I'm remembering correctly. And it's cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool game. Very cool track. I'm um, surprised. I know you don't like the difficulty aspect, but I'm surprised this isn't something you've even just... I know you've seen it, but I don't know if you've watched a playthrough, but just to see their take on the religious imagery, because I think you would get a kick out of a lot of it. <laughs> well, maybe one of these days I will check out... I've checked out some gameplay footage, not a whole lot, Um but I'll I'll take you I'll take you up on that. I'll take that under consideration. <laughs> Check it out and let me know what you think because I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. <laughs> but then we we'll have into, played okay, okay, the next game. Good, yeah, good. The next game on your list. Good. I've played this game too. Sev, who is also on the Max Level Podcast from time to time, uh, also in Discord daily, he played so much of Moonlighter. He still plays it once a year. Like, he has a tradition. He goes back and plays it every single year. And this is a really, really fun game. It's like an action RPG, roguelike elements, and you are running a shop in this town. And you go in and you do some dungeon diving. You pick up items, you defeat enemies, and everything you pick up, you can either use to upgrade the town, upgrade your equipment, or sell to make money to continue to upgrade things as well. So you're basically running this shop. You can set the prices of the items and you can tell if you're setting it too low, too high, or just right by the like cloud bubbles like that appear. Of the... Yeah, like reactions and yeah. cloud bubbles that appear above the the shoppers' heads as they make purchases in your shop. Gollum King, the track we listen to, is one of the boss battles in one of the dungeons, probably the second dungeon that you go to, because he's not in the first one, I don't think. Maybe he is. I don't quite remember the order of the bosses. Sev, you'll have to help me out if you do, and I'm sure you do. But um, it's a really cool boss battle theme. Very chill at times, but it does have it like is, yeah. the the feeling and the epicness that a boss battle tends to have. I thought David Fenn did a great job. Yeah, I wondered if this would be a, uh, a boss battle theme, because like you said, especially the first part the of the song. it is the first boss. I think it is the first boss, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. That makes a little more sense. I mean, especially the first part of the song is, like you said, it's, it's really pretty chill. Um, it doesn't have the same, I guess, bombastic nature that a lot of boss battle themes do, but... This this game also it it's got a different feel to it because it's also kind of a business management sim combined with an action RPG. <laughs> yeah, it really uh, is. You know, it's got it's got a different flavor to it, and so the that slightly different take on the soundtrack does make some sense. Um, I'm going to briefly take issue, and this is a very common thing. I think it's a tomato tomato situation, but with your pronunciation of Golem, um, because Golem. I uh, <laughs> I always pronounced this particular creature. Uh, the you know the the Jewish legendary uh, creature as Golem, and Gollum is what I call the character from Lord of the Rings with two L's. <laughs> but there are a lot of people 
who switch those up or pronounce both of them the same way. Or, I pronounce you know, them both whatever. the same way. So, <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> Gollum is Gollum and Gollum is Gollum. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but how do, how do you all pronounce it out there? Let us know. Let Reach us know out. who you agree with. <laughs> Reach out. Reach out. Either way, though, man. Very cool song. And we always have to get something in here in, in three, four, or six, eight time. We got to have our wall. We seem to, don't we? We always <laughs> seem to. Somehow, some way. There's always some in there that, uh, or something in there that has that time signature. And it's it's yeah. such a cool sound, man. I, this is probably, they're actually running like a Halloween event this year in the game. I don't know if they do that every year. Oh, cool. Year. Spooky Rhinoka. It's the oh, the town so. the, the town that you live in, Renoka. They're doing like a spooky thing for the for the game. I guess it's like darker, dressed up as Halloween. It's kind of neat, actually. <laughs> so the developer is still like actively doing things in this. Oh yeah, game. they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still I actually did not know doing that. stuff. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, really I've got cool. this on the Switch, and I've only played a couple hours of it, so it's one I need to get back into at some point. And I think the developer's uh, Digital Sun, this might still be their only game, or at least their only, like, major game, because it's the only thing they have released on Steam. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, but they still put out, like, they put out some DLC two years ago for it, three years ago, maybe. I'm curious if they're going to follow it up, like a Moonlighter 2. I had an idea for something we can do for any of our listeners who are interested. Um, Owlboy is currently $24.99 on Steam. Yeah, Moonlighter's $3.99. Do what? Moonlighter's $3.99. Blasphemous is $6.24. <laughs> the Deluxe Edition, which contains probably the uh, the art book, the DLC, and OST maybe, is eleven forty three. Yeah, Moonlighter is definitely probably the most bang for your buck so far, three ninety nine. dollars um, Definitely more than enough game to justify that price point. Oh, t- dude, it's a freaking steal for $4. You could even buy the Complete Edition for less than 5 which includes the DLC. And hold on a second, is this right? This says the next game on your list is free. It is a free game, yeah. Well, I'm going to download that. There you go. (laughs) As we move into Doki Doki Literature Club, I'm going to check this out. What (laughs) a game this is. So we're talking about Dreams of Love and Literature. Again, composed by Dan Salvato. As Bedroth just discovered, Doki Doki Literature Club is a free game on Steam. It was released for free several years ago, back in 2017, and it is a visual novel, and that's all I'll say, because even though this game has been out now for five years, there still is a large sect of people that have not played this for one reason or another, whether you don't like visual novels, you don't like the, you know, anime, Japanese style that these visual novels tend to follow, maybe you don't like any of that stuff, but... You should still give this game a chance because it is unlike any other visual novel you have ever played. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Go, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. I know a little bit of what you're talking about. Uh, I will say that there is um, on the Steam description, uh, the Literature Club is full of cute girls. Will you write the way into their heart? This game is not suitable for children or those who are easily disturbed. <laughs> that's all it says, and I think that's all I'll say. But man, this track. The <laughs> images and stuff that they put on there, they give nothing away as well, right? Like, right. they don't want yeah, it just you looks like a to know. Visual novel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's that's the beauty of this game, is you jump in thinking standard visual novel. It is not. It really isn't. So <laughs> if you've never played this, it's freaking free on Steam. 
Uh, I, it is also available elsewhere. I want to say it is on Switch and, and maybe other consoles too, where you do have to buy it, like the plus version that came out in the future. But Base Doki Doki Literature Club is free. And this track, man, it's it's very chill. And I told you while we were listening to it, it reminds me a lot of like the Nintendo sound, right? Like, I don't know what Nintendo game I could potentially hear this in, but I could hear Nintendo doing something that sounds like this. Yeah, I could too. Something um, like from the Wii I could, era, I could maybe. Hear, like, maybe a Kirby game. Maybe. Um, it's got a little bit of that sound. But maybe something from the Wii era, like you said, uh, that opening, <laughs> that percussive sound immediately reminded me of the opening to Maniac Mansion. But <laughs> uh, OK, OK, OK. Um, yeah. But the main the main instruments, um, uh, there's something about that that do 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 that, that kind of uh, riff there, I guess, that it reminds me of something else that's a little hard for me to place. Um um, the games that are coming to mind are things like a short hike, uh, okay. Animal Crossing. Um, Maybe it's Animal Crossing that I can hear this most in for Nintendo. That might be it. It's going to be something along those lines. But, but yeah, but very cool um, little soundtrack. Uh, my my second oldest, Dusk, uh, has never played this game, but uh, they have a friend who really enjoyed uh, enjoyed it or enjoys like the lore of the game at least, and. Um, Dusk has watched uh, their friend play through some of it um, and has that's how I know a little bit about um, some of the the twists and turns but yeah I think it might be uh, might be a good idea for us to move on before we accidentally give anything away what do you think that's good yeah let's do that let's do that let's jump into your first block (laughs) all right I'm excited about this first block because I can I can talk about two of these games and the other one is just weird and um, I love the idea so uh, but the first one um, is actually composed by an online buddy of mine, a listener of very good music, um, Ryan Steele. Uh, it is the, this track. Um, so anybody who listened to very good music, I did a whole episode with Ryan and we talked about several little tracks from the game Catlandia Crisis at Fort Pawprint. And he talked about what went into the composition of, of the songs and everything, um, how he met the creator of the game, whose name is also Ryan, um, and just kind of the whole story of how things came together. Uh, this song uh, was not featured on that episode. So anybody who wants to go back and listen to it, if you like this one, uh, you'll, you know, there's no repeats. We're going to listen to Sleepy Boy once again from Catlandia Crisis at Fort Pawprint. Released February 26th, 2020, and composed by Ryan Steele.
Next up, we're listening to Snakes and Sneaks, or Drama Club, from Panic at Multiverse High, released August 16th, 2016, and composed by Lena Rain. And rounding out my first block, we're going to take a listen to Bedroom Music from I Am Bread, released April 9th, 2015, composed by Morgan Thirschelvum, Joe Payne, and Oliver Hindle.
coming back, we are talking about Sleepy Boy from Catlandia Crisis at Fort Paw Print. Once again, composed by Ryan Steele. And uh, you said that you uh, actually quite enjoyed this track. I did, man. This is something that, uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about Catlandia. I, I know I've heard the name before, but I don't know anything about this game. I did look it up on Steam while we were listening to it. Um, you know, a bunch of cute cats running around, a very colorful, childlike appeal to the graphical style. But it this is, track, man, yeah. it, it's so, it, it's very wholesome, right? It's a very wholesome track. And mm-hmm. the, you know, being called Sleepy Boy, it has like a, a very dreamlike falling asleep feel to it, at least to me. Like if you're listening to some music to calm you down, get ready for bed, just laying there in bed type of a thing, this might work really well. I like this a lot. Yeah, it's uh, so... It, it, this game, by the way, is four ninety nine on Steam. Pretty good price point for this. It's not a super long game, but it um, it might it could take you a couple hours, I'd say, a couple hours or so. Um, okay. Does have some replay value, uh, but you play as a a cat um, who is defending your territory against other cats and against dogs, and you have to explore this world and take out some of the. Uh, the treacherous dogs and you get to customize your cats you can unlock different fur patterns and stuff like that but it's at heart it's just a, it's a 2d turn-based rpg it's just cats instead of you know oh, fantasy husband, RPG? And it is a turn-based rpg and some of the battles can be deceptively tough for the art style looking as cute as it does um, but it's it's a lot of fun. I, I think it's definitely worth looking into. The soundtrack is also on uh, on Bandcamp. I would imagine most of these soundtracks are on Bandcamp uh, for, so, yeah. for Steam games like this. And um, you can definitely go check out those uh, check those out. Uh, this whole soundtrack is really cool. Very different sounding um, tracks as well, uh, like you'll get in RPGs. But yeah. Catlandia, Crisis at Fort Pawprint. Tell him Bed Ross sent you. <laughs> I might uh, I might check this out now that I know, because, I, again, I knew nothing about this. Um, I don't mm-hmm. even think it registered <laughs> to me when I was looking at it on Steam earlier that it even says right there it is a 2D turn-based RPG. I just completely looked over that, and I was just looking through, like, the pictures. And there is, now that I'm looking again, one picture only that showcases <laughs> this being like a turn-based RPG, but... Um, yeah, you can see it in the videos, actually. but... Yeah, but I didn't yeah. watch the videos because we were listening to the music. <laughs> but, right. Um, I like this, actually. And like I said, I really like that track. That's cool that you're friends with him. I like that. Yeah, he's a cool guy. I met him just... He was a uh, another fellow listener to VGM Podcasts, and we connected on one Discord or other, and um, when... I found out he had composed a game himself that's actually been made. Um, I wanted to bring him on, and he's kind of coached Shukapau on a few things as she has gone through her composing journey, and uh, it's been been really cool. Been really that's cool. really cool, man. That's awesome. I like that. Another composer who I uh, featured as part of a trio of young composers last year on uh, Very Good Music when we were doing our Composer Showcase episodes, and who I actually got to exchange a few emails with, is Lena Rain, who is most famous for her work on um, Celeste and then lately um, The Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Yep. 
Uh, but one of her early games that she actually talked about um, really enjoying having composed when we were emailing each other, uh, I actually emailed her to ask if there was anything in particular that she'd like me to feature on the show. Uh, and she mentioned Panic at Multiverse High, which I subsequently went and downloaded on Steam. It is $4.99. Uh, this is a visual novel, um, but it's it's so weird. So you wake up and you have amnesia, you know, like you do. <laughs> and your planner tells you that you need to go to school. And the school where you're going is called Multiverse High. And there are all kinds of crazy characters there. Um, you know, walking, talking ravens and rabbits and um, monsters and aliens and uh Maybe I should just read the description here. Join up to 18 possible best friends in an insane adventure through a bizarre high school in this parody visual novel. Celebrate weird holidays. Take strange classes. Face down your rival at prom. Also, he is a literal monster. And and there's a mystery. <laughs> so the, the monster in question is Chad, who is a pink um, alien tentacle monster wearing a uh, letterman jacket <laughs> nice as chads do and yep absolutely and the uh, track that we played from panic and multiverse high is snakes and sneaks or the drama club theme and all of the club themes on this soundtrack follow the same motif but rain uh, just uh, tweaked them to kind of reflect the nature of the club that the music is for and so Really could have picked almost any of them, but this one was the one that uh, I landed on. I like it. I thought it was a good choice. I like that you also picked a visual novel for your block. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, obviously outside of like originally the PlayStation Vita, but it is kind of switched now to the Switch. Huh. Switched to the Switch, I guess. Is, is... <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I didn't mean to. But, uh, you know, Axis Games, Idea Factory, they've all kind of migrated over to the Switch now that the Vita is sadly dead. But outside of those handhelds, Steam and PC is really the other platform that is heavy, heavy on visual novels. And some really good ones, too. Yeah. And it's always been kind of a computer thing. Uh, the earliest visual novels been, yeah. were on, like, the PC-88 and 98 and the Sharp and things like that. And uh, it's not a genre that I usually get very far into. I haven't played a whole lot of this game, despite its its humor and its quirky nature, just because they don't hold my attention for all that long. But for anybody who likes visual novels and for anybody who likes, you know, quirky, funny stuff, the, this is definitely up your alley. And I played it for probably two or three hours and I feel like I barely scratched the surface. So I feel like there's going to be quite a bit of content in this game for anybody who wants to dig into. And I of course, so. Lena Rain soundtrack yeah. is great. Of course. Yeah. It's, and it's one that I don't know that I was familiar with before tonight, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. It seems to be relatively unknown. Um, yeah. There's only 13 reviews that I can see like on Steam. I'd never heard of it unusual. until she mentioned it. So yeah. And it's yeah. cheap. It's only five bucks. So yeah, go check it out. Go check it out. And now, as much as I talked about those last two games, um, not going to have a whole lot to say about this next one. Uh, I am bread. <laughs> it's, um, You're it not looks bread. You're like... bedroth, not breadroth. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not bedroth, be, I'm bedroth. You should be breadroth, <laughs> though, now that I'm thinking about bedroth, it. Bedroth, playing uh, bedroom music from I am bread, which, as you and I mentioned, should be called breadroom music. Total missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, bedroom music but... from I am bread brought to you by breadroth. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> uh, 
this game, I actually got a code for it from a friend at some point and just never checked it out. It's $3.24 on Steam. Um, it is apparently by, I'm not sure if it's by the same folks who made Hello Neighbor or if it's just like featured in the same hub. Oh no, that's just a, that's a sale. So Tiny, Tiny um, published both this and Hello Neighbor. But this is actually okay, gotcha. by the same studio that made Surgeon Simulator. Okay, okay, gotcha. So, Tiny Build, uh, the publisher of this game, and they're the ones having the sale on Steam right now. So, yeah, uh, this is a an adventure kind of three D platformer type game. You are a piece of bread, and your mission is to become toast. Yeah. <laughs> so this sounds like a game that Sev has played. Because he's such a big fan of those stupid games like I Am Mayo 1, 2, and 3. If he's not played I Am Bread, then he's failing in life. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Sev. You need to check this one out and let us know how it is. It's, uh, I mean, I guess I could. I already own it. But <laughs> the soundtrack is, is okay. Um, this track is probably the best one. But I just, I really, I, I had to put this game on the list. It's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's different. I like on their Steam page. Underneath everything, it says notice. You need, K-N-E-A-D, you need a controller to get a real rise out of the game. And I think that's very clever. Oh, yeah. Their their website is full of puns. When they announced that the game was on Xbox, uh, it's the moment you've all been weeding for. Weeding for. <laughs> We're wryly pleased to let you know that at last, Video Games Unlikeliest Hero has sliced its way onto Xbox One. They're so uh, good. They're so good. Um, I Am Bread is the epic story of a slice of bread's journey to become toast. <laughs> and you know, this track, man, is very, uh, it's very it's playful, really isn't nice. it? really nice. Yeah, it's very playful. It is. Yeah, yeah. You could really picture an anthropomorphic piece of bread kind of waddling around a bedroom to could this you? too. <laughs> could you, though? I mean, I guess I you I mean, could. you know, jumping up and grabbing the string and sw swinging up on the ceiling fan and going for a ride. <laughs> if I saw a piece of bread walking through the bedroom, grabbing a piece of string and flying off of the ceiling fan, I would wonder would just send back how your, send back freaking your high I was that night. I would, I, I've been pretty high in my life, Breadroth. I've been pretty high. <laughs> I'm high tonight. Oh, man. But I would need to be seriously high or tripping on something good <laughs> to be able to see a piece of bread. Man, I want to see that now, though. Like, that's a goal. <laughs> Especially if this yep. track kicks in when he's, like, you know, he just comes strolling down the stairs and this track just starts. Oh, man. That'd be cool, actually. <laughs> Although, I guess the bread. Oh, man. You know, they're, hmm. But yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, that was my... My first block, um, some quirky games to answer your your epic trio. My my next block is going to be a little bit more epic in nature, I think. Nice. I'm excited to hear your next uh, block. But before we get to yours, I do have three more tracks coming up featuring three games that I, again, put quite a bit of time into, including a game that, I, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's the one I'm opening up with. But I, I think I've heard you guys talk about these games, but I have never played them. I know very little about them, so I'm excited. Okay, okay, okay. So this is a game that I used to play a lot back on Steam before I really got into a lot of other multiplayer-centric games. So I'm excited to talk about this one. We'll listen to the tracks first, as we usually do. Let's kick things off with Homecoming from Town of Salem. This released on December 15th, 2014, and it was composed by Wave Nebula. 
This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Coming up next, let's take a listen to Of Love from Children of Morta. This released on September 3rd, 2019, and it was composed by Hamidresa Ansari.
last up in this block, we're going to take a listen to Before the Fall from Heaven's Vault. This released on April 16th, 2019, and it was composed by Lawrence Chapman.
Coming back in, we are talking about Homecoming from Town of Salem, again composed by Wave Nebula, which I could not find a specific person attached to Wave Nebula, like the moniker Wave Nebula. All I could find is that (laughs) Wave Nebula is like a royalty-free music and stock audio producer on websites like audiojungle.net. Okay, okay. So... That may actually be why that sounds a little familiar to me. I I think I might have come across them before. I don't know if this game just used royalty-free music, or if this was composed specifically by whoever Wave Nebula is for Town of Salem. I do not know. But I really enjoy this track from a game that I put so much time into on Steam. I have way more hours than I expected logged into Town of Salem, which is (laughs) inspired by those party games, Werewolf and Mafia. So in Town of Salem, you are basically trying to stay alive. It started out as a browser game that eventually made its way to Steam, but you're trying to like survive the game day and night cycle system. And it features anywhere from 7 to 15 players per session. And the entire point of the game is to convincingly lie as best that you can to pull off your task in the game. And everyone else has to determine who's lying and who isn't. So the game itself has these unique roles that get assigned to everybody randomly each time the game starts. There's like 33, I think, overall, or eight, I don't know, there's a weird, crazy number of roles that you can actually be. But there will never be more than two of each role in one game. So it's, it's randomly generated, but they don't overload it with all the same roles. So there are different sections. There's the townsfolk, which you can either be investigative, killing, protective, or support. And each one of those roles has more sub-roles underneath it, like investigative has an investigator, a lookout, a psychic, a tracker, a sheriff, or a spy. Killing roles have jailer, vampire hunter, veteran, and vigilante. Protective roles, bodyguard, crusader, doctor, trapper. And then support roles are escort, mayor, medium, retributionist, and transporter. Those are the townsfolk. And then you also could potentially be a mafia member which have three sects as well, deception, killing, and support, each with a multitude of things like ambusher, godfather, mafioso, blackmailer, consort, hypnotist, etc. There's a coven sect where you can play as like hexmaster, medusa, necromancer, poisoner, and then there are neutral roles such as guardian angel, jester, executioner, juggernaut, serial killer, werewolf, vampire, pirate, etc. I actually really enjoyed playing as serial killers because serial killers, each night they can um, attack and kill one person. And (laughs) you can actually focus on people that are trying to protect others. It actually makes it really fun. But so at night, you carry out your task, right? If you're a serial killer, you kill someone. If you're a werewolf, you bite someone. If you are a jailer, you put someone in jail. If you're a vigilante, you try to attack someone. If you're a godfather, you give commands to the mafioso, etc., etc. Like, each role has something to do at night. And during the day, everyone comes out and they stand in a circle around the gallows in the town of Salem. And whoever died the night before will be laying there dead. 
and you have to try to determine who is killing people. And you need to hang these people that you feel like are the bad guys, the ones that are trying to kill the townsfolk, before they kill all the townsfolk. And if you successfully do that, the townsfolk win. If you don't, the bad guys win. So like the mafia, the coven, etc. And the idea behind it is that like the serial killers, like the ones that are killing people, the godfather, etc., they're going to lie as best as they can to try to make it seem like they're not the ones doing something. So they'll say, you know, people ask like, oh, what were you doing the night before? Like, you know, what's, what, what's your role? But not in those work, because you can't really just tell someone, oh, well, you know, I'm this role. But you're trying to ask questions like, what were you doing? And they have to say, oh, you know, I was... I was putting someone in jail or something and, you know, then someone else might say, well, you couldn't have been because I was putting someone in jail. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it then becomes like a who's actually telling the truth and who isn't sort of a thing. Very fun game. So much of what you're saying reminds me of Among Us. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so, huh? But in Among Us, you could sometimes see when somebody was like, if you were in the right area, right, Mm -hmm. you would see somebody kill somebody. In Town of Salem, you never actually see any of that. But very similar concept, very similar concept. You are right. That that party game kind of concept where you you play a role and you're the one trying to survive and, you know, and win. But it sounds sounds cool. Sounds like a game I would be more likely to watch than to play myself. I don't I don't do a whole lot of online multiplayer. That's how I got into it was was through Twitch. Yeah. Or maybe it was still Justin TV back then. Who knows? (laughs) Um, The base game on Steam is four ninety nine. Uh, if you want to buy it with the Coven DLC, you can either buy the the game, the DLC, and the soundtrack for $9.99, or you can get the Town of Murder bundle, which also contains the free, what looks like the free sequel, uh, Traitors of Salem, uh, and the the base game with DLC for $7.48. So a few different options on Steam. Yeah. Yeah. Fun game. Fun game. And, and a really great soundtrack. Like I said, I don't know if it's royalty-free music. But I like what's in there, especially this track. This is probably my favorite track from the game. Yeah, this one was pretty pretty chill at first, and then it, it definitely it, it turns into something a little darker, a little more foreboding, which uh, kind of a day and night sort of thing in the track as well. So Yeah, good track. Yeah, I like this one. like this one. I was really intrigued by what I saw online of the next game in your in your block, though. Yeah, you uh, you jumped in looking at this one and have a feeling you might end up picking this up at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah, it's on my wish list for sure. Uh, the complete version of this game is twenty six oh seven. The base game without the DLC is twenty one ninety nine. So I mean, why wouldn't you get? There's like two different DLC yeah packs. So and they're both worth it. They're both worth it. So this looks really cool. We're talking Excited about to hear you talk about it. Of Love from Children of Morta, which again was composed by Hamadreza Ansari. This is an action RPG, very story heavy action RPG, where you play as a family of heroes. So they are the Bergsons, and each, you know, dad, mom, brother, sister, like they all have a specific class that they are based on in terms of, like, traditional RPG tropes. Like, you know, the dad is more uh, like a warrior or a paladin or a tank class, right? Uh, The daughter is an archer. The mom was... Oh, my God. Um, She was... was She she might have been the mage. And then there was a son that was, like, a hammer-wielding 
badass. Like, I don't know. It's it's a really cool game. But each one has these unique... The son's a rogue. The uncle is the hammer-wielding badass. Um, but each one has individual unique play styles, and you can choose to play as any one of them. Like, depending on what the level's throwing at you, you might jump in with the archer and realize, oh, crap, like... This isn't going to work out for the enemies that are approaching me in this level. So you might need to start it over and play as the rogue or a mate. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of pick and choose, but you can't swap on the fly. But the story tells this tale of the Bergsons and their struggle and how they cope and how they deal with these emotions of love, longing, loss, uncertainty really really deep and cool game that I wasn't expecting when it first came out but I absolutely fell in love with it it's a great freaking game and the entire soundtrack is really well done man it's really well done I really enjoyed this one I think this track is probably my favorite of this block uh it was very very nice I like the the how it kind of had different movements in it, as you mentioned while we were listening. Yeah, it seems like it's, there's three different, and, and I don't remember exactly where this track takes place in the game, but it feels like it had like three different parts to it, which I, I really enjoyed. Just everything about it looks really cool. The visuals are reminding me a little bit, a little bit of Hades. Um, and the, I, I mean, the music sounds great. Um, and this one, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It's like I said, it's on the wish list. It's only a matter of time at this point. Nice. Well, you'll have to let me know when you jump in because I think you'll really enjoy it. However, a game that I really enjoy it and I have talked about before on this podcast. Uh, We've played a few other tracks from Heaven's Vault because it's a game that I just, I think so highly of. I think this game is very, very special. So we're talking about Before the Fall from Heaven's Vault, which again was composed by Lawrence Chapman. Now... You said this popped up for you on a a recommendation list on Steam, and I think you should give it a chance because this, it's like you're an archaeologist, right? And you go to this weird, I, I don't think it can't exist on Earth because you travel about the different sections of this world through slip streams, like wave streams, which is super, super cool. And that's actually one of the tracks I've played before, the music that actually plays when you're navigating the slipstreams throughout these different sections of the world, because it's just so freaking beautiful, man. (laughs) Um, But throughout your time exploring this land, you know, you're talking to people, you have this little companion robot with you. But the idea is to decipher a long lost language. So you'll be finding these hieroglyphics throughout the land And you, through no help of the game, the game does not hold your hand and it does not really tell you what anything means. There will be hints and you might be able to deduce like what this symbol signifies based on where you found it or what it's next to or something like that. Or maybe you'll find like a hint like this combination of letters means something, right? But it's not going to actually tell you anything. And you need to try to figure out what this language is. So you'll come up with an idea of what you think these symbols mean, and you'll put that in your book for now. But then you find these symbols again later, and you start translating other things around it that you already know, what, because you know what some things mean, I guess, right? Like, it starts you out somewhere. 
So you'll start translating based on some other things that you're seeing, and you'll have this word that you previously translated next to a word that the game translated for you, and you're like, well, wait a second. This doesn't make sense. So then I have to be wrong. So then you need to go back and figure out, like, what actually those symbols mean in a different area. It's a very, very in-depth and complicated game that I just absolutely loved with the puzzle elements of deciphering this language that has been lost makes me, you know, um, appreciative of people that are able to decipher lost languages here on Earth, because I think a lot of things would have been unfortunately lost to time had we not been able to preserve some of those languages. And, and, and there are still some languages that we have no clue what they mean, right? Like some archaeological finds that have symbols and elements that we have no idea. What There's that disc that they found a long time, well, not a long time ago, but a while ago that they still have no idea what any of the symbols on it mean and the disc is like thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that just blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and to have such a gorgeous track behind the game, several gorgeous tracks, this entire soundtrack by Lawrence Chapman is just loaded with gorgeous tracks. It, it, it just, it, it's such a cool experience that I think everyone should check out. Yeah, this one was really nice. The piano was, uh, was a really, really great, uh, kind of the star of this game. The, um, game online on steam i should say is 24.99 and yeah like you said like you said it popped up in my discovery queue not too long back i recognized the screenshots and it is something i'm gonna i'm gonna check out at some point and i'll have to let you know when i do that yeah let me let me know because i loved it i hope you love it <laughs> <laughs> i've recommended it to a lot of people i don't know if anyone's ever actually taken up my recommendation for it but you guys should I know what I'm talking about. It's cool, man. Sometimes. And yeah, I mean, speaking of recommendations, if any of you all out there have recommendations for games that we should check out on Steam, definitely share with us. Yeah, do uh, it. But yeah, man. Um, I, uh, I'm i excited now, though, to get into my last block. I am excited, too. I, I'm familiar with... Maybe just one of these. So I'm excited to hear the others. Yeah, this is some, some great music we're about to listen to. Uh, the first one I actually know about because of the BG Mania Discord. Somebody at one point, I think, was talking about um, Breath of Death 7, which was made by the same people as my first game. Did you say this the block. BG Mania Discord? Oh, the uh, just the just the RPG era Discord. Oh, overall. I thought maybe yeah, they, they, weren't, they weren't talking about it in the BG Media channel specifically. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, but uh, but somebody I think in in our channel or our our server was talking about Breath of Death Seven, which is an old school, really difficult uh, turn based RPG uh, that's got a lot of parody. Um, features i mean you can probably tell by the name yeah, of the game Breath the fire this one is another kind of parody rpg that i was not able to make it very far in at all i got stomped on the first area but i'm excited to talk about this premise because it's really funny um but yeah well let's go ahead and get into it and i can stop rambling sounds good we are going to be taking a listen to Across the Crescent Moon, or the Victory Theme, from Cthulhu Saves the World, released July 13th, 2011, and composed by Gordon McNeil.
Next up, we're going to listen to Dark Gianna Track 3 from Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams, released October 23rd, 2012, composed by Fabian Del Priori and performed by Machina Supremacy.
And rounding out my second block, my last track of the night, we're going to listen to Elysium from the Henry Stickman Collection, released August 7th, 2020, composed by Elation.
Right, and coming back, we are first talking about the victory theme from Cthulhu Saves the World, also called Across the Crescent Moon, The Weeping Monster Sighs Once More. <laughs> it's a very long and, name. Uh, yes, yeah, very long name. And you said you're familiar with this developer, but that you were not familiar with this particular game. Yeah, I know they had made a couple of games previously uh, before they did Cosmic Star Heroine in 2017. But um, that was the game that made me recognize Z-Boyd Games. And I think it was on Twitter, actually, where I started following like the main developer behind the studio. Um, really enjoyed Cosmic Star Heroine. Always meant to go check out some of their other work, but never had a chance to. I think this track here, though, man, this is a really, really cool sounding track. Uh, you can definitely tell it is a victory theme. This looks, to me, Cthulhu Saves the World. This looks like an old school dungeon crawling RPG almost. The visual, the visuals of the game remind me more than anything of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the SNES. I can see it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, the visual theme is uh, really, really, really similar to the one in Breath of Death 7, which I, I mentioned before. And you can get both of these games uh, in a bundle for two ninety nine. And it's, um, it's, I mean, they're pretty long. Uh, they are difficult, like I said. It's but on they sale are for 65 levels. cents right now. Um, yeah, but by the time this goes up in November, it's not going to be anymore. True, so. but still, seeing <laughs> it on sale on right now 1st. for 65 cents is pretty damn crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was on a steep sale when I got them as well. Um, so just, you know, if you're interested, you don't want to pay $3 for two games, then, you know, take a look at, uh, take a look at uh, keep an eye on it, and you can probably get it on a pretty steep sale at some point. I will say that the sequel to this game, Cthulhu Saves Christmas, is four ninety nine. <laughs> okay, that game I'm familiar um, with. Okay, okay, yeah, it's the same, you know, same series yeah, actually, that makes, same that Cthulhu. Makes sense, yeah. And uh, I mean, if if you weren't already sold, the premise of this game, uh, the Lord of Insanity Cthulhu was all set to plunge the world into insanity and destruction when his powers were sealed by a mysterious sorcerer. The only way for him to break the curse is to become a true hero. <laughs> Save the world to destroy it in an epic parody RPG journey of redemption, romance, and insanity. <laughs> a lot of Cthulhu games out there, though, actually. What was he's that other one? He's pretty popular. Uh, so for an eldritch god of insanity, he's uh, he's pretty popular. There was another, like, couple other Cthulhu There was one games. that we actually talked about. Um, there is a, a an actual Call of Cthulhu Call game, of Cthulhu. Uh, Call on of Cthulhu. Steam. Yeah. yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh-huh. Gibbous, a Cthulhu adventure on Steam for four ninety nine. Not familiar with that. Um, there's a game I see here called Achtung Cthulhu Tactics. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Call of Cthulhu is the one I think that, that you're thinking of. It that looks yeah, Call like of, Call of Cthulhu is definitely the one I remember. Thinking of. It's a more um, I, I don't want to say triple A game, but definitely a, a much more realistic setting art style right yeah that kind of stuff um it's actually a game that i owned but i never did play it but yeah this one this one was was pretty fun i might dig back into it and you know make myself go on to the lower difficulty setting just so i can experience the story i mean that's got to be the major selling point of this game is the story so <laughs> oh yeah for sure Classic stuff. Cla even the even the art style is like an NES box art. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's they they really put a lot of love into into the marketing for this this little game and and they're just basically giving it away. So definitely go check it out. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Absolutely but crazy. Speaking of the, the NES, um, <laughs> the second game in my block here is from a series that originated on um, the like the PC systems that came out in Europe as a uh, di- basically direct knockoff of Super Mario Brothers, uh, the Gianna Sisters. And that first game in the Gianna Sisters series was composed by famed composer Chris Hulsbeck, who came back a few years ago to compose a lot of the music to Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams um, on a lot of different platforms, but we're talking about it today because it's on my Steam list. And are you, you said you are familiar with this game. I am familiar with this game, or, yeah. At least with the um, soundtrack. Yeah, I've never pl- actually played this game, but I was a big fan. I know I heard this soundtrack somewhere. It's probably on another VGM podcast at some point in the past, but I really liked what I heard. So I explored the entire thing and really fell in love with it, uh, specifically the guitar in this track and in some other tracks. Well, the cool the thing but it's so good. about this game is... So there are two Gianna sisters, and I don't remember their names. You can look into all that if you want. But uh, there is a, a blonde sister and then a more goth-looking redheaded sister. And there is the nice Gianna, or the light Gianna, and the dark Gianna. And they are um, they go through this platforming game. Um, like I said, the game started out as a, a direct knockoff of Super Mario Brothers, complete with spotted mushrooms. Um, and But in this game, I see that. you can trade back and forth... <laughs> between the lighter style and the darker style. And when you do, the music changes uh, seamlessly along with your transition. And so what we listened to was Dark Gianna gameplay track three. This particular track was actually composed by Fabian Del Priore. And I was able to talk to him on YouTube about a couple of things to do with this track. He said that he and Hulsbeck did some of their own music. They also collaborated on some of the songs. Uh, But this particular one was um, he adapted it from a song from the original uh, Gianna Sisters Commodore 64 Sid soundtrack. Um, And they brought in Machina Supremacy, a Swedish heavy metal band, to do to uh, cover the dark Gianna songs. So the Hamakina Supremacy is a Swedish. They call themselves a Sid metal band. They combine like um, power metal and prog rock and alternative and chiptune, and they have a lot of really really cool stuff out there. So definitely recommend people check them out. And now that I know, because I don't know, I may have known, but I don't quite remember knowing that Gianna Sisters was initially a, a complete carbon copy of Super Mario Brothers. But now that I think about it, one game is called Super Mario Brothers, and the original was Great Gianna Sisters. They did everything they could to <laughs> skirt around the copyright, didn't they? But yes, looking they into that first game, <laughs> I mean, it is pixel swapped, basically. Like, it is a literal copy, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a miracle that the game ever saw the light of day. But maybe maybe things like that are why <laughs> Nintendo um, bore down so hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is a cool game. Uh, the game is two ninety nine on Steam. So anybody wants to check it out. Now, it is on a steep sale, steep sale right now that actually uh, it ends on Halloween. Uh, so by the time this comes out, it'll be back up to fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> but... Um, still not a bad price. 
still not a bad price. This is a pretty deep game. Um, and it looks like it's uh, got some really good reviews. Very positive, 906 reviews. So, and it looks really good. Uh, the visuals kind of remind me a bit of the uh, the Rayman games on later consoles. They do. Yeah, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. Yeah, great pick, man. I'm actually glad you chose this because this is a really freaking rocking track. I like this a lot. Yeah, and I think you were also pretty uh, pleasantly surprised by the last track in oh, my I block. Love this last one. Yeah. From the Henry Stickman collection, which is 749 on Steam. This is one of the later tracks in the game. Uh, it is called Elysium, and it was composed by Elation, is the, the name of the. Uh, the, the name the person goes by who composed this particular track. Um, there are several different composers who came together to make the official final soundtrack for the Henry Stickman collection when it came out. The Henry Stickman games initially were on, um, uh, on browser, and then when everything came together, uh, all, when the game was done, they released, the developers released it on Steam, and that's when they got the full official soundtrack. But Henry Stickman is a very interesting game. Um, at, I found out about it through my kids, who I think they saw it on um, YouTube, but being played by some people. It's made by the same people as Among Us. And the, the basic premise of the game okay. is kind of a visual okay. novel setup where you play as Henry, or it's kind of a point and click maybe setup. You play as Henry and you get your, um, he's kind of an inept secret agent trying to infiltrate this secret organization. And you find yourself in situations where you have to make a choice of what weapon you're gonna use, what object you're gonna pull out, um, what you're going to say to get out of a situation. And the the selling point of this game is that the animations are hilarious. Uh, it's very cartoony. Henry Stickman is a stick man. Um, but when you fail, the they go all out on the death animations. <laughs> and it's... Uh, it's it's very forgiving. You come right back where you left off if you die. Like you're, you're the, really the idea is that you're going to die until you figure out how to get through it. But it makes it very very enjoyable. And there are homages to other classic and modern games. And it's just a really really fun little experience. Uh, it's kid friendly for anybody who um, who wants to play around with their kids. There is cartoon violence, but that's all it is. I mean, they're they're stick figures, um, and uh, it's. On Steam, let me see, I mentioned it's currently $7.99 uh, there. It looks like it may jump back up. It's on sale for half price right now. But either way, it's it's a good buy. Overwhelmingly positive reviews with 31,000 reviews in. So it's a really popular game. And uh, got great music, too. Pretty extensive. Sure does, man. Sure does. I love, obviously, that sound, that vibe that it's kind of portraying in there. Heavy on the synth. I, I really... I really, uh, I dug this one as I usually do. Yeah, so that was my my last block, and um, I I had a lot of fun on this, man. It's been uh, it's been cool, kind of getting to know your your collection. I'm sure that your collection is a lot more extensive than mine. Um, How many games do I? But I've got some. Let me I've got some cool games. I'm excited to try. I've got I've got about forty total. Okay, um, I know I have more than that, but I don't have as many on Steam as some people are gonna gonna think I do. Let's see here. <laughs> A lot of these I got from from friends, uh, like in codes and stuff like that, um, stuff that they got in bundles but just never used. But I have two hundred and twelve, two twelve, two hundred and twelve. Okay, okay, yeah, not quite as many as I thought. No, and man, a significant amount of those 
um, maybe not half, but a, a signa, maybe a fourth have actually come from just doing this, right? RPG era from the actual studios themselves. So I, I didn't pay yeah. for all 212 games. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, most people think I have more than that, but I don't play a lot on Steam. I'm more of a console gamer, so. Yeah, that's that's how I am as well. I've only recently kind of started getting into Steam, but I have quite a few games on here that I've been interested in getting into. Uh, Dear Esther, The Flame and the Flood. Um, I've games. got some classics here like uh, Octodad, Super Meat Boy, BBBBBB that I played a little bit but never gotten too into. Um, one that I got specifically because of the soundtrack, and I think it may be because of a song that you guys played, is Jump Jet Rex. Which ah, has a I think that's really, Frank. really cool soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, pretty sure that was a Frank pick. I think I remember but the Flame that and one. the Flood I also got because I, I heard the soundtrack. Um, yeah, I played it recently on our guitar uh, Mother Russia Bleeds. Ooh, another one on my list that I got because of the soundtrack. <laughs> Mother yeah. Russia Bleeds has a great soundtrack. Let me see. After Vampire Survivors, I'm probably going to jump back into Owlboy. And then I did recently get, I finally purchased the full version of Octopath Traveler, and I'm going to play my way through that okay. next year. Nice. That's, gonna, that's one of my goals for 2023 is to finally beat that game. Now that the sequel's coming out. <laughs> Most of my gaming on Steam is spent playing three specific games. Well... Five specific games, I guess. But two of them I don't play often. One of those is Lost Ark. Um, You know, that was a fun MMO for a bit, but I kind of fell off of it. One is Seven Days to Die, which I play with Sean from time to time. Then we get into the three games that I play the most on Steam. Dead by Daylight, which I probably have the most hours in on Steam. Phasmophobia, another game that I play with Sean and one of his buddies. That's a really fun ghost hunting game. And my last track of the day, Fall Guys. These are the five games Man, that I, I have not gotten into this game yet, but Steam. it looks so fun. Really enjoy watching this game, and the soundtrack is so much fun. So we all jumped into it when it first came out um, back in 2020. Myself, Sean, Frank, Kyle, Jessica at the time. Like, we all were playing Fall Guys. I've since played it with other people, and I still continue to play it solo from time to time, but... Um, You know, I do still know quite a few people that really are into Fall Guys. They continuously keep it updated. They're always dropping new content, always dropping new seasons, um, you know, adding new stages and challenges into the game. It's still a lot of fun. And the music is is really, really fun as well from Jukio Kaleo and Daniel Hagstrom. Um, I feel like the music has some elements of Splatoon in there, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's got that, I don't even know what you would call that, but kind of like a punk, um, yeah. a light punk edge to it. Yeah, yeah. So um, this game is obviously massively popular. Like pretty much everybody knows what Fall Guys is. Um, great freaking game. Super fun wipeout style where you're just running through obstacle courses into a little stupid bean that you can dress up. Um, trying to get to the end, survive, and eventually collect the crown after all the stages are done. Yeah, simple but addictive. Yeah, super addictive, super addictive. So, but yeah, we will uh, we'll close out with that track, and I think we're gonna get ready to get on out of here. Do you have anything you want to mention, plug all that kind of stuff before we do? No. Not this time. Hope everybody had a had a happy Halloween and uh, looking forward to some of the stuff we have coming up this mm-hmm. month. We've got some some cool things in the works. Yeah, we got some really cool things, including a bonus episode that I'll be uploading a couple days after this one does. So yeah. uh, make sure you guys are looking out for that. 
Bedroth, you're actually joining me on that bonus episode, so that'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. It should be a good one. But uh, yeah, hope you guys had a safe, happy Halloween as well, like Bedroth said. Hope you're still picking through that Halloween candy, hopefully not eating too much of it and getting sick all at once. But <laughs> I think that'll uh, that'll do it for us, and that'll take us to the close of the show for this week. So we do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music and more importantly you like us and you want to help us grow this show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of this episode, we are going to be taking a listen to Final Fall from Fall Guys. This released on August 4th, 2020, and it was composed by Ajukio Calio and Daniel Hagstrom. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.